Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Live at the Azela Ultra Pool. Yeah, buddy, we're here at the Azela Ultra Pool inside the Sahara Las Vegas. Unnecessary Roughness, it's on the screen, it's in your eardrums, and there's a lot of people in the pool. As I mentioned, my man Vegas Jess and Michelle just stopped by, so they're in the building. They're ready to jump in the pool and get a little bit of cool down because that's what you need. You can hear the music pumping in the background. We've got the live DJ on site. And it's funny, there was actually an anniversary going on today here. So the DJ broke down and, and, and dropped some Tony, Tony, Tony anniversary. How cool is that? That's awesome. Like, we're having a great time out here. We're partying. But to know that there was a couple here that was having an anniversary, and matter of fact, they're Raider fans as well. They came up and said that they're from Cali and they're celebrating their anniversary. And then all of a sudden, the DJ started dropping, play Tony, Tony, Tony anniversary. It doesn't get any better than that. I've got my uh, my drink, my Frosé here, all 32 ounces of it, and we're having a good time. So, I, again, I encourage you on this Friday to come on out, hang out with us, start your weekend off right now. I know there's a lot going on in the city, which is great, but what better way to get things started than being here at the Azela Ultra Pool, Sahara Las Vegas, free parking, free to get in, free sun. There's plenty of sun for everybody. Trust me, there's plenty of sun for everybody, and there's plenty of pool for everybody as well. We got the party the music, and we'll have Latin night a little bit later on this evening as well. So that's what we're doing here at the at the spot. So we encourage you to come on by. The question that we threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r what are your expectations for Mad Max Crosby in 2023, a guy that's always looking to get better and better and better each and every year, which is for the most part what he's done all of his career, and he's going to look to do that in 2023. So we'd love to hear from you again, 69187. Keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines is my brother Dre. That's Andre Snellings from ESPN. He is in town for Summer League, and I believe he's at the Thomas and Mac right now. And Dre, is the electricity already kind of pumping there at the Thomas and Mac Center? <laughs> yeah, everything is, is on 10, on 20 in a way that, that I've never seen for the NBA Summer League. Yeah. It, I mean, when I started my day reading an article about, you know, Britney Spears, uh, and and, and Wimbanyama security team and 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 that's the level we're at before the first summer league game. You know, I, I know that I'm in a world that I've never been in before. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about that. And Wimby will be in action around six o'clock. But before that, about an hour from now, Scoot Henderson, who played here in Vegas, uh, G League Ignite, he'll be in action. What are your expectations for Scoot? He's in Portland, Dre. Obviously, Chris Paul, or not Chris Paul, excuse me, uh, Damian Lillard's not going to be there. There's a lot of pressure on this young man to take the torch. There is, but he gives every impression that he's the type that wants that pressure. You know, he wants to be the man, and I think that'll serve him well. You know, he's, he's uh, the, the, his draft comps are every major hyper-athletic point guard of the last generation. You know, you hear Russell Westbrook, you hear Derrick Rose, you know, you hear John Morant. But more than that, you hear he has that attitude, that, you know, that showmanship, that, that I want to put on a show, and you think about when his Ignite squad faced off against Women Yama's uh, French squad a couple months ago, and both guys put on, like, NBA all-star level performances. I, I, that's what I'm expecting from him in the summer league. I, I think that he kind of wants to get some of the attention that is going Women Yama's way. And I think he's going to try to, to replicate that in, in the regular season as well. I think he's swift to do so. You know what's funny is I remember before the draft happened, he was being interviewed on ESPN, and they said, well, you had to compete against Wimby. And he said, no, no, he had to compete against me. 
That's a that's exactly. a that's a man with some confidence, Trey. <laughs> exactly. He he ain't taking a back seat to nobody. And honestly, in most seasons, he would have got serious consideration for the top overall pick. It just happens he's coming out with the guy they say is the greatest prospect of LeBron. Right, exactly. And so obviously the expectations are high for him, high for Brandon Miller, and of course very high for Wimbenyama. So let me go to Brandon Miller. What are your expectations for him? He's had a few summer league games and, you know, early jitters, turned the ball over a little bit. But what he showed me at Alabama going through everything that he went through was, I mean, you want to talk about a strong-minded young man. He's got that. Yeah, that's going to serve him very well, that mindset in the NBA game. And, yeah, he's had a couple of of summer leagues. His first game, he was having a horrible game. I think he had six fouls. He had more fouls than, like, points and assists combined or something in the first half of the game. But then he, he ended the game with, with solid numbers. And in the summer league, I'm not so much worried about numbers. It's more I want to see how somebody looks on the court. And with, with Miller in particular, I want to see how he finishes. Like, he hasn't been super aggressive in the summer league thus far. But now he's coming to the Vegas one, which is kind of like the big stage. Mm-hmm. And he's about to go up against Wimbanyama. All eyes are going to be on this game. So he has an opportunity to say, you know what, don't look over there, look over here and and, and see what I can do. So I want to see if he's athletic and strong enough to finish in the paint consistently against professional-level players. And if so, he's got that Paul George-type game that, you know, he's got the outside portion. I want to see what he can do on the inside. Again, Andre Snellings from ESPN is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We're talking all things Summer League. How do you think that his tra- his game ultimately translates? You mentioned Paul George, but how does his game ultimately translate into the NBA? Because it's just a different little, a different animal. It is. It is. And so I think that he translates more in that Paul George, maybe Jason Tatum type continuum. You know, he'll he'll be a wing, but he'll be a big wing. And I don't necessarily see him as an offense-creating wing. And so, in some respects, that's a bit of a weakness because if we say that maybe Jason Tatum is kind of the best player of that type currently in the NBA, we've seen his lack of playmaking be something that's kind of hurt his Celtics teams over the last couple of years. But in Miller's case, he's coming in next to LaMelo Ball, who's going to be the playmaker on the team. So he doesn't have to try to be something he's not. He can come in and be a finisher. He can come in and be someone that can knock down, you know, three three-pointers a game. Uh, Best-case scenario, he's up over 20 points a game. And hopefully grab you, you know, six, seven, eight rebounds, be a presence on the board. And if so, then that could be the trajectory for him developing into an all-star level player in his uh, first few seasons in the NBA. Since we're talking about Paul George, and i got to talk about the Clippers real quick, what are your expectations for them? What do they do this offseason? Is it basically James Harden or Dame Lillard or Buss? What, what, what are their plans to improve that roster? Yeah, I mean, that's what it seems like. So it kind of, to me, went a little under the radar how Russell Westbrook came to that team at the end of last year and really played well. Like, he, he played well enough that if it had not been for the injuries, you know, I would have been curious to see what the Clippers looked like in the postseason. Now, that clause, had it not been for the injuries, is like the Clippers, you know, motto of the last five or six years. So, you know, they, you would think, at least for that reason, that they need to try to improve their squad. If it's not Harden, I don't know who it's going to be. It, it doesn't seem that, that Lillard is heading in that direction. And, you know, um, the, the question marks about health with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George just don't seem to go anywhere. So with that being the case, yeah, it, it, it's kind of like, okay, either they're going to build organically and hope for health 
which isn't really a plan. It's more of a hope. Or, you know, they're, they're going to try to slide into this James Harden, uh, uh, for them, sweepstakes and hope that he's able to supplement what they have instead of having to be somebody that they depend on to take them to the next level because he doesn't have a history of that. And, Dre, we've done shows together, and, and I've been very adamant about my thoughts on James Harden. I'm not 100% sold that he is just that guy. At this stage in his career, what does he bring to a team, whether it's the Clippers or someone else? Yeah, so that's the thing. Right During the regular season, we know that he's still capable of playing all-NBA level ball. He led the NBA in assists last year, and he could be that. He's transitioned into more of a point guard type role. He can, you, know, you can build an offense around what he can deliver from on the ball. Now, the question is, he's not, it doesn't seem like he's ever going to be that you know, uh, Houston James Harden on a consistent basis again. He had a couple of those 40-point games in the playoffs. But it was just too many times where it felt like he didn't know what to do next to a player like Joel Embiid, and Harden's not going to be the best player on a championship team. It just does, that doesn't seem to be in the cards. So no. he has to fit in. He has mm-hmm. to be the leader, but also fit in, and that's a hard you know, uh, needle pin to, to, to thread. Andre Snellings from ESPN is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And Roughness, he's in town for Summer League, as everyone's in town for Summer League. So before we get back to Summer League and Wimbenyama, I do want to ask you, I mean, the big elephant in the room, obviously, is Dame Lillard. He wants to go to Miami. Is it Miami or bust, or do you think he could potentially end up somewhere else? I mean, he could potentially end up somewhere else because Portland controls his rights and he doesn't have no, uh, no trade balls. But he's made it as clear as he can possibly make it that he wants to go to Miami. Um, we're hearing reports that his agent is making it even clearer, you know, even rumors to be telling other teams not to give up much because he'll be disgruntled if he comes to you. And we've seen that in the NBA in recent years with these mega stars that the teams don't want them to be disgruntled because, you know, in the NBA, everything is built around that player in the locker room. So with that being said, it seems like there's a reasonable chance that he gets to Miami. The problem is the Trailblazers are like, yo, y'all got to give us something we want. And it doesn't, you know, they've already said publicly that maybe Tyler Hero ain't that. So that makes it difficult. But we've got about a week and a half where every GM in the NBA is going to be in the Thomas and Mack Center for the next, you know, week and a half. So hopefully they can figure something out so so that we can move on and and know where uh, Lillard's going to be. So let me ask you this. We saw Kevin Durant get traded to the Suns, and it was great. Phoenix was excited. All the fans of Phoenix were super pumped up. The problem is that they gave up so much that they didn't have any bench. Depending yeah. on what Miami does, are they going to be in a similar situation? See, in Miami's case, they've made a whole team culture around finding quality producers even outside of the draft, right? You know, mm-hmm. players that they're just signing that weren't even drafted. Are, are, are being contributors on teams that are going to the finals. So I don't believe that, that their team will be gutted in that respect. I think if you've got a team built around Lillard, Butler, and Bam Adebayo, which seems to be what, what they're aiming for, I think that Miami will be able to fill in role players that are able to play around them. So I don't think they'll be in the same situation that Phoenix was in because Phoenix not only lost role players, they lost their defense. So there right. was just – there was nothing, and they lost their depth, and they had a lot of older kind of injury-prone uh, players at this part in their career. I don't see that being the same situation in Miami. 
Andre Snellings is with us from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, we'll get back to Summer League, and we'll get back to the man of the hour, the guy that everyone came to see, regardless of one game, two games, whatever it is. That's Victor Wimbanyama. Uh, the whole Britney Spears thing is behind him now. There's no charges <laughs> being, being uh, you know, filed in this situation. So expectations for Wimby. How do you think he, uh, you know, he shows out in this, uh, this game or maybe even two in Summer League? Yeah, I mean – his game seems like it's perfectly tailored for what the summer league does, right? He's, he's, so I have a, a, a French-speaking friend who uh, he calls him uh, Magic Wand, which in, in French is El Baguette uh, Magique. And, and so <laughs> he, he's expecting him to, you know, be able to do the same things at this level as he was able to do over in France. And so on defense, as we talked about, he's got the length and the quickness to be able to protect the rim and block shots at the summer league in a way that I've really rarely seen outside of maybe his French compatriot, Rudy Gobert. And so if that's what I'm expecting on defense and then on offense, he, they, they say he plays like a seven, five, Kevin Durant and summer league is all about guys that can create their own shot, knock down open looks. He should be able to step out and hit the three because opposing centers won't really want to come out there with him. So, you know, the ball is in his hands. If he's able to, play the game the way that he's shown that he can play the game, then, yeah, he, he should put on a show, um, whether, like you said, it's one game or two, he, he should be worth the price of admission. Let me ask you this. Did he not go to the perfect organization, go to the San Antonio oh, Spurs that has a, a, a history of, of being with guys that are, are foreign players and also Greg Popovich, the Hall of Fame coach? Exactly. And they have a history of players that are generational number one overall big men, and then being flexible enough to use them in ways that maximizes them, right? Yep. You know, when, when David Robinson and Tim Duncan playing them together, moving Duncan, who was supposed to be a center, to the power forward, and then, oh, by the way, starting to run off championships playing in that style, that shows that, that, that Pop and the Spurs are, will, will do whatever they need to do to maximize Wimbayama's talent. So, yeah, he, he landed in the perfect spot to uh, be that magic wand that uh, everyone's expecting to see. Right, and San Antonio is definitely a basketball city. They love their Spurs, and uh, they're going to love them some Victor Wimbanyama no matter how long he plays in summer league, whatever the action looks like. <laughs> Once it gets to the regular season, they'll be fired up. Well, Dre, Scoot Henderson takes the court in about 45 minutes. Victor will be after that. Uh, definitely appreciate your time. I'll see you over at Thomas and Mack a little bit later. All right, I look forward to it. I uh, appreciate you, my man. There he goes, Andre Snellings, ESPN on Twitter at Professor DRZ. And with us here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 Unnecessary Roughness. And we are hanging out here at the Azilo Ultra Pool. We're going to be here till at least 5 o'clock. And I'll tell you right now, when I say that this place is packed, this place is packed. But that does not mean that it's too packed for you because we have plenty of space for you to come lay out if you want to get some sun, plenty of time for you to go jump in the pool if you want to get some pool, pool action in as well. You could do that, of course. The bar is wide open, like some old school TV antennas. That's definitely available for you. You want to get some cool beverages, water, or whatever the case may be. I just tweeted out a picture at your boy Q254 of my froze. Froze! That's what I have. And uh, I got a nice 32-ounce collector's edition cup, so you definitely want to get that. Keep your drinks uh, nice and cool no matter what it is, and enjoy some of the food. Earlier today, uh, right before the show started, I had my – Barbecue chicken flatbread, barbecue sauce, cheddar, mozzarella cheese, shaved red onion, and cilantro. It was fantastic. Last time I was here, I had the nachos, and I thought that's what I was going to do again because that's just who I am. When I find something that I like, I just stick with it, like, all the time. You can't get me off my spot. But this time I said, you know what, I'm going to try to get something else. So I decided to go with the flatbread. 
And, man, I'm glad I did. It was nice and light. It wasn't too heavy at all, so I still have plenty of energy for the show. Not going to get all sluggish and tired and start sounding like I'm sleepy and all that. You know you know how you feel when you have that big meal? You get the itis, right? You want to curl up on the couch and go to sleep. That's not what the case is going to be. I do have a couch. There's a couch right behind me, though. Hey, what's happening? How you doing? Got the waitresses walking around helping you out as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely come on by and hang out with us because it is going down in a major, major way. A, a Zillow Ultra Pool right here inside the Sahara Las Vegas. Free to get in, free parking. All we need is you. The Radio Nation Radio 920. Mahomes to snap. Raiders bring four. Crosby off the edge. Gets on his back. And brings him down back at the 18-yard line. He's been getting around the right tackle, Andrew Wiley, all game. And finally picks up a sack. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Live at the Azilo Ultra Pool. Coming up at 3.30, Ted Wynn from The Athletics talking all things Max Crosby. As you heard of Max Crosby on Patrick Mahomes' sack right there. Crosby on Mahomes' crime right there is what you call it. As he uh, did that 12 and a half times in 2022, that is get sacks. And look, this has been really a, a Max Crosby-focused show. Of course, we dipped out into the NBA Summer League a little bit with our last guest, Andre Snellings. But for the most part, we we're focusing on Mad Max Crosby and what your expectations are for him in 2023. And... Really, if you look at what he did last year, 12 and a half sacks, 22 tackles for loss, 89 total tackles, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and a blocked field goal, field goal attempt. I mean, that's everything, right? That's everything you could do. Again, the one, it's not even critique. The one thing I think that he needs to do a little bit more of to be in the consideration for Defensive Player of the Year is just close out a couple games, right? Have those game-changing moments when you know a, a big-time defensive play needs to be made and you want to see 98 make that play. Whenever the, 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 the bell is rung, right, hey, need a superhero play, need a superhero play, all of a sudden, boom, 98's there, your guy. Right? It's like putting the bat signal in the sky. All of a sudden, you know what's going to happen then. Raider Nation's going to need to throw that big 9-8 up in the sky and know that Crosby's going to go make that play. That's, that's the only extra thing I think he can do to continue to develop his game. But we'll talk to Ted coming up at 3.30, who actually sat down with Max Crosby, did a little film study. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. He put out a piece on uh, The Athletic earlier that I was reading that was some really good stuff. So look forward to talking to him coming up in a few minutes. But we want to hear from you, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r And this is not just a question that I throw out to you, Raider Nation, about what your expectations are for Max Crosby in 2023. I asked him this as well. When we were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ for the for the uh, content day, Raiders roundtable, I asked Max Crosby, what are your thoughts? How do you continue to evolve? Yeah, honestly, like I'm so far from where I want to be. Um, not only, you know, from a personal standpoint, but as, as an organization, I want to win. Um, that's the number one thing. Um, I put I, I literally start from in January and I don't stop <laughs> until January and like I want to be playing in February I want to yeah. be playing in the biggest games I want to be on TV I want everyone to see the work I'm putting in and see yeah. what this team is doing and um, you know I take a lot of pride in that and you know obviously you know the money and all that's cool but like that's not why I started playing football I started playing in second grade I've been playing my whole life yeah. this is what I've I, I want to do this is my legacy I feel like God put me on earth to play football and be an example um, of overcoming adversity. And, like, I really true, I truly believe, like, this is just the beginning for me. I feel like I'm going to take a whole another step this year. And in these next five to seven years, I'm really going to be entering my prime and being the best version of myself. And that's why I take it so serious. That's why I talk about my craft and my work ethic. And I really talk about it because 
I take it so serious and I do it on a daily basis and that's all I know. And yeah, um, yeah. I really want to maximize my career at the highest level. And that's why I put so much into it. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, my legacy at the end of the day is, is the most important thing. What I what I leave, um, you know, when I'm done is is everything. Max Crosby from Raider Content Day, Raider Roundtable. That was JT the Brick, Eric Allen, and myself at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center with Max Crosby. So, again, I throw the question out there to you, and I'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r What are your expectations for Max Crosby in 2023? Robin Oakland chimed in and said, I always read about Max improving his existing skills and adding to his toolbox. As an example, he's improving his grip strength so players don't slip through his grasp. More importantly, when he speaks, I sense a hunger to win that I haven't always felt from our defenders except C. Wood. He also mentioned he's getting his teammates to copy his workouts. I think that's huge, all capitals. I expect these trends will increase the effectiveness of his leadership on the field and inspire the defense to improve. I'm not sure if it's really an expectation or a hope, but I'm rolling with it. That's Rob in Oakland, and that goes back to what you just said, Rob. Thank you so much for that. That goes back to what you just heard. He said he wants to, you know, he, he wants the numbers. He wants to be great, but he also wants to win. You know, he, he, he strives to struggle, to, 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 to fight and, 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 and get better and train January to January. And he said, you know what, I want to play in February. That's the Super Bowl. That's what he wants. And when he says that, there's certain players that say, oh, I care about winning, I care about this, that, and the other. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But then there's Max Crosby. And when he says it, I, like, firmly believe that that's what he wants. He's a guy, he's one of those throwbacks where he'd play the game for free if he had to. Obviously, he don't want to. Right? Nobody wants to play the game for free. Nobody wants to work for free. But what's up, brother? My man Jason just showed up. There you go. Got you. All right. Jason showed up. He's in the building. Appreciate him. But, uh, yeah, there, there are certain people that you know that they would do whatever they love doing for free. And obviously it's not good for them, but that's just the passion that they have for their craft. And that's who Max Crosby to me is. Like he said, he's been playing football since second grade. That's what he was born to do is play football. Certain guys, that's just what they could do. So I, I agree with you. 100% Rob and that leadership and getting other guys to buy in, I think that that's uh, major as well. Big Dub Raider said, Happy Friday, Q and Ari. I've waited a whole year to ask this question, Q. Are you going to get another James Wiseman interview? LOL. Max would go for 15-plus sacks, five force fumbles, and an interception. Keep the dope playback tracks coming, Ari. Go Raiders. That's Big Dub Raider. That's funny. That is funny, brother. And the, the reason why that's funny, for anyone who doesn't know, when he references, am I going to get another James Wiseman interview, Last year, was it this last year or was it the year before? I think it was the first year. It was the first year I was at Summer League, I want to say. It was the first year. Yeah, it was. It was the first year I was at Summer League in 2021 when I got here. And I remember Little Q was with me, and we were having a good time, and I had just finished wrapping up the show. We were walking around, and I said, oh, there goes James Wiseman right there from the Warriors. It might have been last year. I don't know. It could have been last year, whatever the case may be. And I said, there goes James Wiseman right there. And uh, I go, should I interview him? I thought about it. I was like, should I interview him? No, it was it was the year before. I was like, should I go interview him? He's like, yeah, go for it. That's what you do. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I walked up to him, and I said, hey, man, uh, you got a couple minutes. Can I interview you real quick? And he's like, yeah, no problem. So I started out the interview, and I still have it. I, I might send it over to Ari in the commercial break. I'll send it over to you, and you can we can laugh and have a good time about it later. And I said, here at Summer League, Thomas and Max Center with the uh, Warriors, James Wiseman. And I started to ask him a question. He said, hey, man, I'm not James Wiseman. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then he told me, and I said, well, what's your name? And then he told me, but I didn't even hear it. I didn't, it didn't even matter at that point. And uh, Lil' Q, of course, I'm trying to show out in front of my son. Lil' Q was like, ah, ah, you know, he was he was on me tough. But, you know, hey, it happens, right? 
you're guaranteed to miss a shot that you don't take. But, yeah, that's funny. Big Dub Raider, I'm glad you can remember that. Yeah, that goes back to 2021. Man, that was good stuff. Uh, as far as Max Crosby, 15-plus sacks and five forced fumbles and an interception. I like it. The interception, that's the second time an interception has been brought up when it comes to Max. And you remember when J.J. Watt was kind of at the peak of his game? Remember they were calling him J.J. Swat? He was knocking everything down, and he was that guy. If he couldn't get home to get the sack, his hands were up, and he was knocking the ball down consistently. Scored multiple times. I would like to see, just selfishly, and I don't know if this is something Max would even want to do or something Josh McDaniels would even think about. I would like to see Max in on an offensive play, right? I mean, it's always – you always talk about a big man touchdown, and we've seen – what, we saw Donald Penn catch a touchdown pass uh, back in the day. That was cool. I'd like to see – I'd like to see Max Crosby go out and just be like a tight end, you know, and just and be that guy. It would be cool to see him somehow on offense. I don't know how you, you throw him out there. I, that's not my job. It's not my job to figure that out. But it would be kind of cool to see him out there in the offensive formation and see what he could do. Everybody would die laughing seeing Max Crosby out there playing offense. If he's listening right now, he's probably thinking like, hey, you know what, I could probably do that. Uh, let's see. More text, 69187, keyword R&R. Oh, that one's a, it's a, it's a blank one. You didn't get the keyword R&R. Uh, ESPN just got one right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, let's see, who is this from? From someone in the 619, they said James Wiseman will be there. <laughs> That's funny. So what should I go look for him? I'll go later on this evening. Should I go and look for him and say, hey, James, I, uh, I was supposed to interview you two years ago. It just didn't work out. I interviewed your stunt double. That would be funny. But, no, not going to do that. Not going to do that at all. So uh, we're having a good time. As you can tell, we're hanging out here at the Azilo Ultra Pool. We're going to be here until at least 5 o'clock. It closes at 6, but then it will open back up for Latin night. I believe that gets kicked off around 8 o'clock. So if you're looking for something to do this evening, you're trying to make some plans, definitely make sure you make your plans around the Sahara Las Vegas. Free to get in, free parking, which is great. You know how much parking could be in town. Well, it's free for all that. All you got to do is come hang out with us. Great food specials, great drink specials going on. And as you can tell, the music is pumping and and the pool is really, really looking nice. A lot of folks in the pool. So uh, that's what we're doing here at the Sahara Las Vegas. Now, Joining us on the phone lines is the man of the hour. I'm very excited to talk to him. That's Ted Wynn from The Athletic. Put out a piece today. Raiders' Max Crosby breaks down how he transformed into a complete defensive force. And, Ted, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you as always. And off top, Ted, how was it just to sit down and break down film with Max Crosby? Oh, it was great. I mean, it was probably one of the more insightful conversations I had with a player. You know, I think sometimes when it comes to, like, talking strategy or, you know, talking about real detailed uh, football things. Some people could be guarded because they don't want to give too much away to their opponents. But, you know, I, I think he was really open about his process and how he plays. And I, I think he plays such an unorthodox game um, that, you know, like you're not going to be able to get a beat on what he's doing just based on reading these things. He's so instinctual. And the way he prepares allows him to make these plays that you just don't see a lot of defensive ends make. I mean, you, you don't see a lot of uh, – I, I don't know if he weighs 255 pounds right now, but that's how much he weighed coming into the NFL, which is 11th percentile amongst edge defenders. But you don't see guys that are lighter just become so dominant against the run very often. And Crosby has to come that because he's so relentless and, uh, he, you know, he's so smart when it comes to reading plays. And, uh, he, you know, in – the in our interview, you talk about a lot about just how much he he emphasizes stretching. Like he stretches every single day, 365 days a year. 
and you can see that come into play when he's he's playing because he, he bends and gets into all these weird positions that you know you normally wouldn't think somebody could get into, but he does, and he, that's how he splits blocks. So it's just a really cool interview that shed a lot of light on how he became such a complete player. I'll tell you, as soon as I saw the fact that you were sitting down with them and, and doing an interview, I, it perked my ears up. It got my eyes' attention. I mean, I was focused and I was locked in, and so I was glad to read your piece today on The Athletic. How did he – let me ask you this. How did he transform his body from the guy who was drafted in the fourth round, John Gruden told him you need to get in the weight room with Deuce Gruden, to all of a sudden being the guy that he is today? You know, I, I think he just has a relentless mindset. Uh, you know, a lot of guys say that, but I really believe – Crosby, when he, he talks about you know his how intense he, he trains, he wants to be number one in everything. Whether it's just warming up, um, you know, whether it's a drill, whether he's conditioning, he wants to be the first guy there. Um, and you know, he, one of his goals in 2021 is this related to the number 100, and uh, he wanted to go 100 percent in everything he did. You know, he wanted 100 pressures. He got 100 pressures. He wanted 100 million, and he you know he almost got 100 million with his contract. Uh, so I, I just really believe like he has that. Kobe mentality, for lack of a better term, where everything he does, he's going 100%. And you just see that improvement year to year, and you see how he's gotten to uh, being uh, one of the premier defensive players in the league now because of his work ethic. Again, we're talking with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. Now, flexibility and grip strength. You mentioned him stretching and whether he does that 365, but grip strength after your article dropped has been something people have been talking about all day today. How does he work on that? How does he grind and, and, and like I said, practice that grip strength? In your article, he said his arms were killing him, like they were going to fall off his body. So what is he doing to improve that grip strength? You know, I didn't talk to him about the exact workouts he, he was doing as far as grip strength that I wanted to get into the film a little bit more. Uh, but it, it's something that he said he works out religiously. So he does it after his workout. He said he has a group of players. He got a group of players doing it with him now. And it, it's so important to have that grip strength because as defensive linemen, you're you know gripping onto those offensive linemen. You're trying to pull them off, pull them off for you to shed blocks. And then you know he also talked about how he had trouble finishing early in his career. He had trouble finishing sacks. He had trouble, uh, you know, finishing tackles in the backfield when he got in there. But, you know, he, he said now he has that grip strength where he, he has completed some sacks where he just gets a hand on a quarterback and he's able to pull him down with one hand. So um, I, I think those are two things that don't get emphasized a lot. When, or, you know, those two things don't get highlighted a lot when you're talking about training. But he says those two things are religious for him, and it's made a difference, obviously, uh, with how he's able to finish now compared to how he was doing earlier in his career. And, you know, you break down film like the best of them, right? We have you on all the time with film breakdown. It's fantastic. When you're sitting down and you're talking, and and Ted is uh, Ted and, and you and Ted, you and Max, excuse me, are uh, studying his film, what do you notice from him as far as his recollection? Oh, uh, it, it was, it's funny because, like, Every clip I pulled up, he either I pulled up re- really good memorable clips, or he just kind of no- has a a photo memory of all of all these plays. But you know, most of the, every time we pulled up clips, he starts you know chuckling and laughing like, "Oh, I remember this one." Before <laughs> we even get into uh, you know he, the first like millisecond, he already recognizes which one it is, and um, I, I think it's partly memorable because um, some of these plays were just like pretty. It's got to feel pretty great to make some of these plays that he made. Um, but, he, you know, it, it was funny listening to him kind of chuckle in the beginning when he's reminiscing about what this play's going to be. 
when you look at what he did in 2022, 12 and a half sacks, 22 tackles for loss, 89 total tackles, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and a blocked field goal, how incredible is that knowing that he didn't have a whole lot of help? Yeah, I mean, it, it, he, he said this year his goal was to be number one in a bunch of categories, and he was number one amongst his defenders and tackles and tackles for losses. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, yeah, it's pretty incredible that he doesn't have, like, this dominant defensive line eating up blocks for him, um, but he's able to just dominate individually. And, yes, you could especially see it when teams try to block him with tight ends. I mean, you're not always going to be able to get a – tackle to block a defensive end in certain schemes and certain lineups. Uh, but it, it's just funny. Every time we watched him against the tight end, it was just like utter dominance. So um, it's just incredible how easily he's able to win these matchups and how, how fast he's able to get in the backfield and make these plays individually. Yeah, and George Kittle is a really good blocking tight end, but I was reading in your piece and he just kind of laughed because he, he owned George Kittle. I mean, he just went up against him and it was almost like, it, was, it wasn't even fair. Like, they didn't even eat at the same ta- table. How much pride does he take in just beating all those blocks? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he talked about Kittle. Like, he, he respects Kittle. Uh, but it was kind of funny the way, the way he talked about him. Because when I look at Kittle, I, I, I think he's the best block tight end in the league. Yeah. You know, but when he, he was talking about him, he, he, you know, he said he respects him. But he's he kind of still has this mindset. He's still a tight end, you know, and yeah. I should be able to dominate any tight end. And um, he, he says that he said Kittle was, um, you know, is an is a annoying matchup. I, I'm not, not exact words, but some of that some of that sentiment because he tries real hard. Um, but it's just like a total different picture I see of Kittle. I see Kittle as a dominant blocker, but then he sees him as a guy that just tries hard, but he can still win against him. Again, we're talking with Ted Wynn from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness, talking all things Max Crosby. So they go out and they draft. Tyree Wilson. Chandler Jones is coming into year two with the Raiders. They go out and draft a couple guys to the interior, some secondary guys, some linebackers. Again, now that he has help, do you think that he could really build off what he even did last year and maybe with some wins be in the consideration for defensive player of the year? Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think he's always improving and like we talked about, I I really believe he has that relentless, relentless work ethic when it comes to improving himself year after year, so um, if he takes another leap forward this year, then I, you know, he wasn't the or he was already in the defensive player of the year conversation last year. Um, so you know, if, you know, if he gets his sack numbers, you know, I, I don't think sack numbers everything, but for the right. voters, I think it's a, it's a pretty big number. So if he gets that, you know, around that 15, 16 range, then I, I think um, it's pretty hard to ignore him, you know, as a top three candidate to win that award. How could he continue to grow in the in the stopping the run category? Again, he had 22 tackles for loss last year, so that's pretty sticking good. But just stopping the run, how much more does he have to improve? Uh, I mean, it, it, it's hard to say, you know, because I think he's when you're ready near the top or the top of the league as far as uh, being disruptive against the run on the edge. It, it, it's it's hard to say how much um, how much. I mean, I'm sure for him there there's room to improve, but. When you just look at the statistics as far as edge defenders, uh, it's hard not to say he's already the top run run uh, defense run stopper in the league as far as edge defenders. And you mentioned earlier that he wants to be number one. In your piece, he has a new motto. Is that the new motto, just be number one? No, that, that was his motto last year. So okay. He said he has a new motto this year, but he's not gonna, we're not going to find out what it is until after the season. 
Ah, I see. A nice little tease right there. Okay, I'm not mad at him at all for that. Well, in your mind, Ted, and again, you study a lot of film. You see a lot of players. You cover the game. You know, how, how much better do you think he could be in, in 2023? Do you, do you think that he could reach an ultimate level where, I, I, again, I feel like he's already where he needs to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's there. I mean, you know, obviously he could always improve his, his strength. And, you know, he's never going to be like a power, uh, just an all-power defensive end like a Miles Garrett or anything. But, yeah. you know, I, I think just coming from where he was at uh, in college and so now he could always get a little stronger, improve that power rush a little bit. Um, but, I mean, you know, as far as him being cl- close to his, um, his, his top potential, I think he, he's almost there. And I think if he has more help around him, then those numbers might even be better. And how big is it that he's also – he wants that leadership role as well? I mean, he's basically now the face of the franchise. Yeah, I, I mean, when you see a guy that works as hard as he does and he's your best player, I think that's pretty inspirational. Uh, for the rest of the team, I think that's one of the ingredients you need for a championship team. You can't have uh, your best players be mediocre workers. Your best players have to be your top workers, and I think he, he's definitely there. One of my, uh, and this will be the final question for you, one of my big keys for him next season, I feel like he just needs to close out a few games. And that's not on him for not closing out a bunch of games. It's the fact that he had no help around him. But now that he has help, he might be able to close out some games similar to what like Khalil Mack did in 2016 when he won Defensive Player of the Year. He was able to be that guy when you know that play needed to be made. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know coverage and pass rush go together, right? So yeah. if you have a you bet, have better coverage. Those quarterbacks have to hold the ball a little longer, and that gives um, the defensive line more of an opportunity to hunt. So if the secondary improves, then you know he gets a little bit more help where teams can't just ship him and double team him and slide protection towards them all the time, then you know, I think we're going to see those higher sack numbers uh, come together. Yeah, I do too. I'm, I'm excited about what Max Crosby could bring to the table. Again, Ted's piece is on The Athletic right now. Raiders' Max Crosby breaks down how he transformed into a complete defensive force. Well, Ted, great stuff, man. We've been talking about this piece for a couple days. It did not disappoint. Fantastic. Thanks so much for your time this uh, afternoon. Enjoy your weekend. No problem. Thanks for having me on and enjoy the, the pool. Yeah, you know I will. We're having a great time out here. There he goes, Ted Wynn from The Athletic, joining us talking all things Max Crosby again. You can check out his piece, and it goes into some great detail. I mean, play after play after play, and Max Crosby is just like, yeah, I remember this one. Oh, this is what happened on this one. And just the rec- uh, recognition and, and, and just the way that he remembers every single play is pretty incredible. So make sure you go check it out on The Athletic. And, of course, come check us out here at the Azilo Ultra Pool inside the Sahara Las Vegas. Again, uh, the pool area is getting packed. A lot of folks are rolling through, having a good time. And, well, you should roll through and have a good time with us. Again, it costs nothing to get in. It costs nothing to park. It costs nothing to have a good time. All we need is you. Make sure you bring something to get into the water because you're going to want to get into the water. They got all the TV screens. They got all the bar area. They got all the lounge chairs. Again, all is needed is you. You can hear the DJ pumping the sounds. Just come on by and say what's up. 3.43 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Live at the Azilo Ultra Pool. Don't look now. We having a beach ball party. We got the beach ball throwing around now. You know what happens when I do that, man. <laughs> look out. Times can be dangerous. I start throwing the beach ball around. People start having a good time thinking we're athletic, and, well, you know how that goes. A few of the cold beverages start flowing, and, well, I'm not responsible. 
<laughs> but I am responsible for us having a good time, and that's exactly what we're doing out here at the Sahara Las Vegas Azilo Ultra Pool. We're going to be here multiple times throughout the course of the month. We definitely encourage you to come on out here today. The weather is beautiful. I mean, it really is. It's hot. Don't get me wrong. But that's why there's a big old pool. And that's why there's a lot of food. And that's why there's a lot of drinks to be able to make you cool in this hot desert heat. So we enjoy ourselves here. We definitely appreciate all the hospitality from the Sahara Las Vegas and, of course, Azilo Ultra Pool for having us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. we got Cover 3 NFL News and Notes coming up at 4 o'clock. But let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our brother Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q, good, good, great show as usual, man. Thank you, brother. Uh, hey, what I wanted to touch first, I want to uh, say real quick, I enjoyed the uh, the Al Davis uh, uh, thing that you did on his birthday, man. That was that was that was real live. I don't, Thank I don't you. think he gets enough enough credit in uh, NFL history. He's one of the great football minds uh, that there was. He just I don't think he get enough credit. Um, and uh, back back to Matt Crosby, man. I, I, it was great to see him develop, you know, and being where he was picked at, and. Um, I don't want to say I disagree with you as far as him making those those finishing plays. I think uh, I think he does, and uh, it goes back to the the team uh, football being the ultimate team sport, right? Yeah. Because we've seen I can count a number of games last year. Um, I'll take the Kansas City game for one. He made a great stop on Patrick Mahomes. It was third down. Yep. And uh, they forced him off the field, and then uh, Malcolm Coots held on a field goal, and, and you know, and yeah. so that play got wiped out and they think they got a touchdown right before half and that just kind of flipped the whole the whole game and there's been many times where he he makes a stop or gets a sack it's first and you know it's third and 20 yep or they get a stop or whatever and it's first and 20 then the Raiders will give up you know 18 yards on first down right so I just think like we and you said that too he just needs more help yeah so when he makes those stops he gets that sack and the quarterback throws the ball and it's just floating in the air Somebody got to go get the ball. Yeah. So with more players on defense, I think that'll happen. He he's doing it, but they just need after he does his part, he needs somebody else on the team to do their part. And I think we'll see a, a big difference in those those strip sacks will go up, his his sacks will go up. You know, we'll get more interceptions. So I think it all kind of kind of go hands in hand, hand in hand. And as hard as he as hard as he works, and a man that is good friends with Von Miller. I mean, I, I just think there's no, no way but up for him. And if, if Von Miller loves him like that and uh, all the players have him in, the, in that such high regard, I mean, the man works his butt off. So, yeah. you know, the fruit is going to be in his labor, and we're going to see it sooner or later. I just hope it's not too late and he can do it in the silver and black. There you go. Hey, Bernard, great call. And you know what? You bring up a great point. You really do. I remember that Kansas City uh, play when Malcolm Coons got called for that penalty. That was on, uh, what, a field goal attempt, right? They end up, they end up getting a field goal. Uh, at the at the end of the half that that came back to, to cost the Raiders, right? And I remember when they got that field goal, I thought, man, that's going to hurt them. You just can't give away points. You can't allow them. It's funny. I talk about baseball all the time, about you can't give an extra, a team an extra amount of outs. Well, in football, you can't give a, a team, especially Kansas City, another opportunity. And that's what they did. And they scored those points, as you mentioned, right before halftime. And it came back to haunt them. And then, again, he made a big play in that Rams game, that Thursday night game, and because of a penalty, he got wiped away. That, that's a great point that you bring up that I really hadn't thought of. So I'm glad that you called in. I do appreciate that call. Again, Bernard, with uh, bringing the facts, that's, that's true, right? So if he's not getting, you know, there's not penalties being called on certain plays, he's also having a better season than even the numbers that it showed, 
right? Because there's plays that he gets that are wiped away. Like we we look at and the ones that stand out to us the most are the ones like that Thursday night game where he was in the end zone and he, they've got a chokehold on him and they don't call holding. That should be a safety. But there's other plays that he does make that get wiped away because of other Raider penalties. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, that went for nothing. But you bring up a great point. He does finish off a lot of games. It just a lot of times it doesn't end up counting because of one thing, one reason or the other, which is very unfortunate. So to Bernard's point, if more guys on that defense can actually make plays, and like you said, when the ball's in the air, and that's one of my big things, man, when the ball's in the air and just floating, I can't tell you, even in the press box, I got to be a cool cucumber in the, in the press box, right? I can't get angry. I can't get happy. I can't do anything. I can't show any kind of emotion because we got to stay professional. <laughs> I say that in air quotes. We got to stay professional. I'll tell you right now, when I see that ball just floating in the air and floating in the air, I'm thinking somebody's got to pick that off. It's going, to, it's going too slow. It's one thing if it's, a, you know, if it's a dart. That's one thing. But when that ball, when there's a, a, a pressure on the quarterback and he just kind of flames that ball up in the air and it's just floating there, somebody's got to come down with it. And that's what frustrated me when we were at a mandatory minicamp and that ball just glanced right off the wide receiver's hands and went up in the air and dropped to the ground. And I, I'm, I'll tell you this story until the season starts probably. I turned immediately to Vinny. I think I even hit him. I'm one of those guys. You probably have a homeboy that does this. When something happens, they just slap you on, their, on like your arm or something. I reached over and I slapped Vinny, and I was like, that's got to be a pick. <laughs> Vinny's probably like, I don't know why you're hitting me, dude. <laughs> but that's what I do. Like, I, that's, I can't help myself because I get so animated, and I'm just like, man, that's got to be a pick. So you bring up a great point that plays have to be made by the other guys around. Max is doing his due, which is funny. This whole conversation came about because me and this guy on Twitter were going back and forth, which we know what Twitter, Twitter is. But we're going back and forth, and he's talking about Max's almost. And I'm thinking, like, the way he was talking about Max being almost, it's almost like he was Clee Farrell, right? Clee, no, not Clee Farrell, sorry, Arden Key. Remember when Arden Key played for the Raiders and he was Mr. Almost? Almost got there. It's like that commercial that, uh, what was it, that Geico commercial where the, uh, the fisherman's got that, that fishing pole and the dollar on it. You almost got there. Got to be a little quicker. Like, that was Arden Key's specialty. That ain't Max Crosby. I mean, is he going to get home every time? No, of course not. Nobody is. But, I mean, he, he, he's putting it all out there. But that got the wheels turning when I started thinking about, and then especially I saw that article on NFL.com about MVPs and if, if your team was going to have an MVP that wasn't a quarterback, who would it be? And Max Crosby's name brought up. And then I saw, and I knew the article about him was coming out from uh, The Athletic with Ted Wynn as we talked to him. It all just kind of came together. So it just really, that all generated into today's show. <laughs> It's funny, one little interaction on Twitter generated into a whole show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So I ask you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200-69187, keyword R&R, what are your expectations for Max Crosby? What do you think he does in 2023? How does he continue to evolve and improve, which is something he wants to do? We're here at the Azila Ultra Pool inside the Sahara Las Vegas. We're going to be here until at least 5 o'clock. you got plenty of time to come on by. It's free to get in and free parking. We want to see from you, plus we want to give out some of these prizes we have here on the table. We want to do it all. we got one more hour to do it as my man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.